Travers Week is finally here, one of the biggest weekends of the year for Naira Racing. We've been partnered with them all year long, covering the Saturday races on the Players Podcast, as well as daily write-ups and analysis over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can find our stuff on their site as well under Naira.com's Picks, Plays, and Promotions tab. And of course, we also have the little pretty link that helps you see where America's Day at the Races coverage is going to be throughout the Fox family of networks. For that, go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash TV. Note also later this week, special show covering the two-day pick six, Friday and Saturday. Lots of Naira coverage right here at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players Podcast. This is our show for Tuesday, August 22nd. PTF back with you from the little house on the east side. Joined from the man coming to us from across town. Hey, it's Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? PTF, what's going on? Yeah, we're, uh, we are, uh, we're, we're, we're winding down, but not without having to uh, attack this Travers first. So yeah, we're not at the top of the mountain yet. It's the real wind down. It's sort of like, you know, this steep climb and then whoosh, like a roller coaster the last week. I, I, I can't, I cannot say on Tuesday of Travers week, I feel like I'm winding down. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. I feel like I'm winding down. Yeah, I feel like I'm winding down here. We're still winding up on the over here, uh, over here on our on our side of town. But it's 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 gonna it's a crazy week, and it's so much fun. Really looking forward to getting out there to this. Uh, it'll probably have happened by the time a lot of people listen to this. But the the barbecue at the barn tonight for TRF. Are you participating in that? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I will be there. Yep. And I'll tell people if you are listening straight away and you want to get involved, reach out contact page on inthemoneypodcast.com on Twitter, whatever, if you need a proxy bidder for this silent auction, because there's some awesome stuff. Did you check out that video of your colleague, uh, Richard Migliori, shopping and cooking for the dinner uh, that was won at this silent auction last year? Pete, I did not. I trust you so emphatically that you could have sent me some wild political video to retweet. I retweeted it without even without even watching it. So if, if for some reason on my feed there's some communism... <laughs> communism you know situation i i wasn't aware of it that's very funny you should watch the video it's less than a minute and it's incredibly entertaining and it shows what a great night that's going to be if you buy the richard migliori dinner i'll do a whiskey tasting for you up here or down in brooklyn Uh, frank miramati will take you on the roof ramon dominguez will take you out in the morning and show you what you should be looking at and that's just the tip of the iceberg you can still check those out trfinc.org you'll find those silent auction items and reach out if you want to get involved. Another thing I'm super excited about before we get into the recapping is uh, you gave me a sneak preview of this week's JK plus one guest. I cannot wait to hear what Peter Rotundo Jr. has to say. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have him on. Pete is, is one of those interesting characters in racing where I think people who are super plugged in um, have had lots of different professional run-ins with him. But then I think there's probably a lot of people that recognize him, see him, and aren't quite sure because he's always been kind of a behind-the-scenes guy, even at his time at the Breeders' Cup. You know, he wasn't forward-facing, and uh, and and now with with first, still still kind of the same idea. So he's got uh, he's got a lot of stories, a lot of uh, a lot of funny stuff that he's he's been a part of, and and uh, the show horse players obviously being one of them. 
Yes, that's when he came out in front of the camera. He's a guy who I knew for years. He and I knew each other for years before I think we even knew each other's names just from being track rats and being at, at Saratoga, just somebody you'd literally just see at the rail and say, who do you like in the double? But the other thing about Peter Rotundo, I believe there was a time where, where he was uh, unofficially a, a member of the Sopranos. So you, you really got to get into that with him. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> How was your weekend up here? Uh, I was up in Canada. I'm still dizzy from the travel back yesterday, which uh, was one of those where the passport control line took longer than the flight. And I just kicked myself for the 18th time in my life that I've never bothered to do global entry, which I am going to do later today, I swear, for the first time. But uh, yeah, dizzy from that. Great day racing on Sunday, though. Boy, did they handle a whole lot of money. So happy for our partners up at Woodbine and the great the great job and the great atmosphere there. But what were things like here in Saratoga? What did I miss? Yeah, I'm trying to think, what did I do? I laid low on Friday night, right? Yeah, Friday night laid low. Saturday night, Salivo. And then, um, yeah, and then Sunday night, uh, Salivo again. And we're walking into the racetrack on Sunday uh, before my shift. And I was with my wife and and uh, basically like our adopted daughter, her best friend, Katie. And we're walking in. And, <laughs> and I said, listen, is, answer this question at the same time, right? We're both, you know, no one's, no one's participated in any extracurriculars at this point. And I said, what are the chances that we end up, the percentage chance to zero to 100 that we end up at Latin night tonight? And, and Jovanina said, and they said at the same time, Jovanina said one number, Katie said another number. Katie said 100% and Jovanina said (laughs) 0.01%. Who, who won? (laughs) Who who do you think won? (laughs) We were at Latin night again. We were at Latin night. We weren't there very long though. We just kind of popped over for a second. Florent Giroux, uh, and, and one of his buddies uh, from France who, who works on the track came by the table at Salivo, hung out for a second. They were going there. So we kind of got sucked along and we went, saw Johnny V again, and then uh, took a picture with, with my three uh, French uh, cart talk counterparts, uh, awesome. Flavian and, and, and Julian and Flo were all there. So we took a fun little picture and, and uh, yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fun little night. It's just a nice change up from like, what's different. You know, I don't really go out like that anymore, just in life in general. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting change up. I, I don't think we'll be there this Sunday. We have a wedding to go to on the Sunday of Travers. So that, uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I approve of that. You know, people you hear of people getting married on Travers or on Whitney and I'm like, what the hell were they thinking? But if you're doing a wedding in Saratoga or in the region and it's on the Sunday, I mean, New York bread showcase day is a big deal. And surely you'll be watching and, and betting that on the phone, but it's way less offensive than getting married on one of the, the, the Saratoga Saturdays. So kudos to your friends who had the sense to do that, JK. Yeah, they're, they're tuxing me midsummer, which, you know, that's, you know, you saw how bad I was sweating uh, in, in, in late spring in Amalfi. It wasn't even hot. Oh, my God, I was pouring. <laughs> this, the, we got the wedding video back, and you can't really tell, though. So that, 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 that works. You might, producer Craig might have a filter for that if you, if you want to see it. You, yeah, you know, it was take, tough. Take, tough take some of the sweat off you in the, in, in, in the videos. There, my, favorite, my favorite story from your wedding happened post-wedding actually it just happened the other day at Salivo uh, I was there with Susan and uh, uh Ronnie Jr who does such a fantastic job geez the food's never been better there and, and he's uh he's always a pleasure to see and he, he comes up 
to Susan and says, oh, my gosh, I had so much fun dancing with you at the wedding. And she, you know, said, yes, me too. He walked away and she said, Pete, I have no memory of, of you know, I remember meeting Ronnie, but I have no memory of dancing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you dance. She got after it that night. She put either of us to shame. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the wedding video has come back. Uh, it's been funny. I got to listen to the speeches again, which which were outstanding. And then so, um, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny video. It's a funny video for sure. I do not want to see myself in those videos, but um, back to horse racing. We'll start here in Saratoga and then we'll go up until uh, we'll go up north to Woodbine. We got to talk a little King's Plate, but let's start with the Alabama because there's there's a handicapping lesson for me in this race, Jonathan, because I cannot tell you, you know, I'm a speed figure guy and I can't tell you the last time I let the fastest horse coming into the race go off at seven to one and beat me. That's what happened with randomized in the Alabama. I had the distance concerns. I had the, is this just taking a shot or is this really the spot kind of concerns? Mainly, I just loved wet paint and thought wet paint would be the one to improve for the distance. Meanwhile, randomized has maybe set a new bar for this three-year-old Philly crop that Nick Tamaro described early in the season as having a serious case of the slows. Not a whole lot had happened to change that until randomized came along. And uh, th- this was a, a, a tour de force performance, really, winning by four, scoring a buyer speed figure of 98. That was pretty good stallifying right there. 98 in the process. I was super impressed, but also just a little mad at myself because, yeah, I get all my concerns. But fastest horse in the race coming in at seven to one. What was I thinking? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> randomized is tricky for me um, for a number of reasons. Um, one, you know, to, to 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 your point, first of all, I continuously said all week that there's a lot of slow horses in this division. And although Wet Paint and Sacred Wish ran extremely well in the coaching club American Oaks, the number wasn't particularly fast. So I was looking for an alternative. The alternative that I looked to was taxed. I just thought that, you know, I, I, I try to get cute a little bit. I thought the value would be there on the Indiana Oaks horses and I, and whatever. Now, when it comes to randomized, depending on what you look at, depending on what kind of track trends you follow, randomized, first of all, in Timeform US was fractions coded blue making the lead last time. So mm-hmm. slow paced fractions, which would, you know, one would consider kind of a downgrade moving forward. The second situation is, is that, you know, I, I thought she was bias aided in that win as well. So, so soft fractions, bias aided, trying the mile and a quarter, even the mile and an eighth for the first time. I think there's a lot of reasons to suspect that maybe uh, she wasn't the right one, but that's, you know, I think that the, the lesson learned there, and I actually talked to Chad about this, like he knew she was the fastest horse in the race based on figures, whether it was rags or, or, or thoroughgraph or whatever. And, and also buyer, she was the fastest horse. His question was just like, is she going to go a mile and a quarter? And, and I think the lesson learned is, and I think you learn it a little bit with the Derby as well, is that speed and talent are more important than distance questions. Um, I think that a horse, let's just think about it like this. I think a horse like Matoli right against the right group would have won a mile in an eighth race hundred percent. Um, you know, a, a horse like Jackie's warrior in the right spot wins a mile in an eighth race, you know? And I, I think that it randomized, you know, I was randomized going to beat a horse like Malathot going a mile and a quarter. Probably not. Cause Malathot was fast. 
Was was randomizing to beat a horse like Ness going a mile and a quarter? No, because Ness is fast. But yes, yeah, she did beat other horses that aren't that fast. And I think that mm-hmm. that's a lesson that you have to remember is when you have a horse that's faster than other horses, sometimes that's just the answer to the question. And it's also a little bit of a preview of what I feel about the Travers with, with Forte. I just think he's he's finally proved that he's just faster than these other horses. But I also don't feel like the distance is going to be an issue for him. Interesting. Well, you make some very, very good points coming out of that race for sure. What other thoughts did you have on this one? Horses you might be looking to uh, looking to bet coming out of it, horses you might be looking to get off of coming out of it. Well, I like what Brad Cox said after the race, because I think a lot of people who probably bet wet paint objective, if you were looking at it, not objectively, you probably said to yourself, why was Flavian so close? Why was Flavian so close? Why was he so close? Well, he, he had broke to be well. Wire to wire winner. Yeah, he broke well. He was in a perfect spot. You really can't ask for anything better. If she was, if she was, if she was best on the day, there was that was a trip that she was never going to lose from. But she wasn't best on the day. So right. from a hindsight standpoint, I love where Flavian was. Like I, I get that maybe you know, you know, we've talked about this before, Pete. Maybe hindsight, she was a little too close. But I would always prefer, always a hundred percent of the time, that if you're going to make a mistake, make that mistake forward, please, not backwards um and that's so you can't you can't really knock it in that situation i think it's a terrible case to criticize being too close on a when you look at the race flow and you see where the winner and the third place horse were they were both in front of her so i i, I don't i'll be honest with you I, I don't get that one at all yeah i mean i heard it um from heard sharp it. people um uh debatable i mean i <laughs> I heard the I heard the conversation. Why oh, was I she mean, so nothing wrong with having close. a conversation? Yeah, I mean that, nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, I, I, don't, just, I don't think I like heard anyone standing on top of a mountain mountain screaming that Flavian ruined it. I don't think I heard that at all. But yeah, just looking at the pace line of Wet Pain, it looks like so. I think you nailed it, dude. If, it, if she was best on the day, she was going to win. Just reading the time form, pace line through one twenty four, one twenty one, one fourteen, one fourteen. I mean that's that's efficient enough. If if she was I, best. On- would love, love to see wet paint, seven furlongs, real pace to close into. Yeah, I could see that. There happens to be a race coming up that has those exact uh, conditions too. You know, just be rolling. You know, I mean, I just think she would be, we'll see what they decide to do with her, especially with Pretty Mischievous. You know, I don't want to, I guess they don't want to have two horses in the same division. I guess they'll probably keep wet paint uh, trying to tackle the, the, the two turn tests. Um, but I mean, I kind of like know. your Philly and Mare sprint idea for her, though. That's, that's but they're, gonna, but they're gonna, you'd like to think they're going to have pretty mischievous for that. You know what I mean? You don't think they'll want to? You don't think there's a chance they'll stretch her back out? I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's hard. Possible. I guess because yeah, to be uh, to be fair, she didn't necessarily. And I hate to bring this up, but I'm just being honest. She didn't necessarily pass the test. She um, was in the test. Best. She was third best in the test. Right. right. I think that's right. that's clear. <clears throat> and the the fact of the matter is not you know. Clarier and, and Ness look at the moment to be chewing up and spitting out wet paint and, and pretty oh, mischievous. Yeah, it's, I'd want nothing. I'd want nothing to do with those two. And you know, speaking of, and speaking you know of those two, race, you know which race they're going to. So anyway, yeah, interesting and, conversation for sure. And speaking of those two, Friday, I don't know if we'll talk to we'll talk to the audience prior to that, but uh, I'm excited to watch those two run against each other on Friday for the personal incident. Not, I'm not mad at that move either. Uh, putting the personal incident on Friday, you like the move. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I look, 
I, I'm a huge, look, I, I, I love super Saturdays. I love Saturdays where there's seven grade ones. Love them. Like it's great. But I also enjoy having something to be really excited about on Friday and Sunday. Like, I think that like, you know, I think that there's a, I think there's a, a happy medium for, for having days that are super Saturdays and then having days where you stretch it out. You know, I, I, you know, I love the, the fact that like, you know, that's one of the things I love about Saratoga is like, we'll see technical analysis, I think on Thursday um, in the Boston spot, you get to, I'd like to be able to see superstars every day when I walk over there, yeah. you know? For sure. No, I agree. And I don't walk over there very much. Just, I walk over there in the mornings, but not in the afternoons. I just want to clarify that. You take the go- golf cart? What are we talking about? No, I do. I drive. I got to get the AC. I'm so, I just start sweating. It I got the AC. Summer. After two, oh my God. I'm, I'm, I pour on the set. Um, and and it's, Okay. So there's a funny thing about that. Not only do I pour on the sweat, I complain about it. And I complain about it to guys who have on suits. <laughs> oh my God. You must be very unpopular amongst your colleagues. But I did. And I also, but I'm also a team player for the first time in like three years, we have an outdoor AC and it used to sit behind the camera. So you could faintly feel it. I got them to move it to the side. So now it blows directly on us. So I'm, I, you know, I, I take, I took one for the team. I'm still out here. Oh my you God. Know. Personally, I don't think you really ever need a Saturday ex- outside of Breeders' Cup with more than six stakes races. Like that That's sort of my magic number for obvious reasons. And I love the idea of making it more of a racing festival, especially because I do believe, I do believe just as for Whitney, there's going to be a two-day pick six show this week, which we'll be doing some special coverage of later in the week. And I hope they just go ahead. What's your feeling about that? Having a race like the personal ensign in a two day pick six. Personally, I love it. I, I know I there's some, yeah, okay. no you, problem with it. Like, like, the yeah, the, 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 like the idea that inscrutable races are what horse players want. I just don't think that's actually true. I think that like, you know, I don't think you want to put, and I, I the only, one argument I will say is I think Ness is going to be pretty short, but Clarier can absolutely beat her. Um, it's not as if she can't, it's just Ness seems like she's pretty damn good. I mean, I think that you, you want to try to avoid having one to nine shots in those types of situations, but I'm also okay with it in the terms of like, it's all grade ones. And like, that's the theme of the wager. Then that's like, whatever, I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, and for an individual race, just like betters do like races with four to one the field, you know, that's, that, that is true. But when you're talking about. And having some of those is good. But when it comes to the pick six, I don't think you want six of those. And I'll tell you what, when you do have six of those, you just turn it into a benefit for, you know, the biggest players anyway. And like they really actually really hurts the average fan as the wager gets much more complicated, like in the form of a of a pick five or a pick six. So I sure hope they leave that in. I don't know if they will, but I sure hope they do. Um, that would be that would be terrific. All right. Where else? Oh, before we leave. Where do we go with randomized from here? I mean, serious contender to step up and, and battle those gorillas as the as the year goes on, or have we seen her a high watermark? What do you think? Yeah, look, I think she'll I think she'll run. I think I'm you know, I'm looking forward to seeing her um you know take on. She's gonna have to get a little bit faster. But I, I you know, I, I can see it happening. Not inconceivable though. I mean, this was probably a distance beyond her best. She ran a ninety-eight and she's a very fast three-year-old in the month of August. So, I mean, it's certainly not inconceivable if she keeps developing that she could, she could stand in there against them. I'm not in a hurry to wager upon it at this exact moment, but it's not, it's not crazy to me. No, no, not at all. But like, you know, like you said, they're, they're, she's progressive. She could be, you know, she could be improving and who knows, like we said, maybe the mile and a quarter is not her best distance. Maybe she just ran a great race, but maybe she's actually going to appreciate going a little bit shorter. 
Let me take a quick look and see if I can find some distaff prices. Right now, Nest 5 to 2, Clarier 6s, pretty mischievous 14, Wet Paint 14. Where's Randomized? I'm not seeing Randomized listed in this betting, which makes absolutely no sense at all. Clearly uh, hasn't been updated uh, since, since this weekend. We'll see. We'll check back next week and see where she appears in there. But I mean, to me, she should be up there you know, I don't know, maybe third in that uh, in that market. All right, let's talk about some other stakes racing. We might as well keep it at uh, at Saratoga. Who else impressed you uh, over the weekend? Um, God, it all runs together, doesn't it? Asprey. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was a beautiful trip. That was a, I, I, in fact, we have a, like a wind star ride of the, the the week or whatever. Um, and they sent around a couple of ideas for trip for 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 you know to vote. And I voted for a spray. I, I thought that I thought that that was a brilliant ride by Flavian. He just he popped in there, got in that spot, stayed in there, and couldn't have ridden the horse any better. Um, so that that was good. You know, I don't look. I'm not cutting in line to bet this horse in the Philly and Mare turf or anything like that. But I just think it was a good performance the way uh, in which you know she 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 sat in there and got and and and, uh, and worked out a nice trip. Ninety-two buyer speed figure for that one. Um, yeah, it was a very nice ride, very positive ride there. Uh, Surge Capacity ended up second, who, you know, is one of those things you and I talked about the races. If Surge Capacity might be some favorite we could bet against, ends up being four to one and, and, and running a hell of a race. Uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this one strong performance from the Chad Brown runners in a graded stake turf race at uh, at Saratoga. Back to randomize for a second. I, I should have led with this. That will be our uh, Adelphi Racing Club performance of the week. The big step up from there. Really looking forward to having Matt Kater back on soon. Might do a little special coverage of the New York Bread Showcase Day because if all goes according to plan, uh, my Adelphi runner, Gem Mint 10, will be in there on Sunday. We're also going to have a New York Bread Showcase Day show with uh, Nick Tamaro that's going to be video. But want to give the Adelphi performance of the week to randomize before we move on. Let's talk about uh, the big one up in Canada, JK. On Sunday, the vibes were were really positive. It was a big party. It's a big was a big fashion event. This relocation of the King's Play to August, it worked. And Paramount Prince got the job done with a 93 buyer speed figure, a race that it surprised me just because I thought there were so many other horses whose best chances were to go to the lead in this spot. But I think it was one of those things that happens sometimes when horses are going a mile and a quarter where you see a lot of jockeys and or maybe this is instructions. They're a little bit worried about getting the mile and a quarter ridden a little bit conservatively. And in the end, Paramount Prince goes out there, sets uh, some fair but even fractions and wires the field under Patrick Husband's scoring and paying $18, um, leaving me out in the cold. What did you think of Paramount Prince and this year's running of the King's Plate? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that anytime you can find the front end in these races, it, it, you're, 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 you're putting the pressure to everyone else and you're allowing yourself to get comfortable on the front end, which is the opposite of what happened with Kalik, who I was obviously rooting for, um, uh, you know, just, just personal reasons. Bob Edwards is a good friend and like I wanted the horse to run well and all of that. But like he's in between horses and he's, yeah, he's shuffled and you're here. It's like when you put yourself in that position, you're asking um, asking for, for trouble and you're asking to, to discourage the horse. And, and when you, when you do, uh, what the winner did Paramount Prince, you get on the front end, you get comfortable, you get brave, you don't have anything in your way. Um, and it, it's almost like you're out there by yourself and, and, and in, in essence you are. 
Um, so I, I thought the horse ran extremely well, uh, considering. Cassie Exacta there with Elysian Field in second, Stanley House in third. I think you can make a compelling case that the second and the third both ran as well, if not better than the winner, despite the margins in that one, just the way that the race flowed. I didn't mind Kimura's ride on Kalik in the sense that, again, to me, on paper, they were going to go so fast. You know, he was down at the inside, so in a way he had to play his hand early. I felt like he he rode correctly and just got a little bit unlucky. If you had it to see over again, do you wish he'd sent Kalik Harder out of there? No, I mean, look, when you see it, when you, when you, when you have a horse who's wired a couple of fields in Kalik, and then you see the winner of the race wire the field. Your instinct is like, oh, well, we should have got that trip. No, I don't I don't think that that – I think Kalik's situations of wiring were probably a little bit different. They weren't big, huge, full fields where you had to really kind of work to get that position tactically. I don't think Kalik is that fast away from there. I think that – you know, I just think that that's, that's kind of how that unfolded in the previous start. So, no, I just it, – it wasn't a bad ride. It just wasn't a great trip, if that makes sense, right? Like, I think that yeah. there's, there's situations where, um, you know – you can have a bad ride that turns into a bad trip. I don't think it was a bad, you can have a good trip that turns into a or good ride that turns into a bad trip. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't blame the rider at all. I just thought that, that, you know, it wasn't a comfortable position that he was in. Didn't work out. And the horse found so little that I think it'd be very harsh to criticize Kimura. I wonder if they'll think about the mile and a half breeder stakes with Kalik, or if they'll come back here and look for some graded spots. You have any insight? I don't, I have no idea. Um, isn't, doesn't that, isn't the next one like on the dirt? Yeah. The next one's the Prince of Wales at Fort Erie. I do not think Kalik will want anything to do with that. But then the the third one, the breeder stakes back at Woodbine going a mile and a half on the grass. That might be Kalik's uh, bailiwick because, um, you know, obviously the horse's form is on the dirt and I, I would just think that would be an interesting spot if they don't want to come back to the USA. Right. Right. Yeah. I haven't heard. I haven't heard. We need to talk about the Delmar Oaks while I have you, JK. And this was one that was one of those things when Anaset crossed the wire earlier in the meet, a lot of us said, well, there's your uh, there's your Delmar Oaks winner. And Anaset made it so. Getting a little bit faster in the process this time with the 91 buyer speed figure. This was, this was a cool performance and, and a horse that's really, I mean, I just so visually flashy and fun. I, I'm a big fan of Anaset. I don't know how it's going to go. When she faces elders, certainly going to have to get faster. She wants to have an impact in those races. But again, progressive three-year-old, um, just very flashy, likable, charismatic performer. Um, this one, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Great to see uh, Leonard Powell and the Eclipse Thoroughbred partner Silks uh, making some noise out there in Del Mar. Yeah, no, I thought she, I thought she, uh, I thought she ran well. It was a fun video. There was a jockey cam video. Uh, that I saw circulating where, you know, she kind of got that run up the inside. It's a, those are always interesting like when they, when you get to kind of see their position on like where they ended up and, and uh, no, I thought she ran well. And I, I liked be your best too. the, uh, the East coast runner that ran second in there for Horatio de Paz. Remember that was, that was the best two-year-old we had, if I'm not mistaken, last year here as a turf horse, never really kind of trained on, but I think getting the second place out there in this grade one probably suggests that she might be kind of getting her, her act together. I like the sound of it, and I and I don't disagree. Some talented fillies out there in California. It's it's amazing how much better the jockey cam works on a closer, right? It's it's uh, the funnest thing is watching them weave their way in and out like a game of Frogger. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. <laughs> a couple minutes left before we uh, move on, J.K. Curious to know uh, 
what else what else you got going on this week it's a busy social calendar you mentioned about the barbecue tonight what else are you looking forward to this week in saratoga yeah what do i got we got uh we got the barbecue tonight and then we've got uh we have uh dinner uh tomorrow with with i think with shake fahad and Fun. for uh, qatar racing and then yep. uh um, yeah 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 and then friday we're i don't know what we're doing we're just i think we're just do we do something friday I feel like we're doing something on Friday. Oh, I think I'm going to my first fish concert on Friday. Oh my God, you're going to see fish? That's hysterical. Yeah, well, Bob yeah. Edwards, Bob Edwards, Jovanina, her brother Ronnie, Kate, they're like a they've like all of them individually are like obsessed. I think like G and Ronnie like went to like they like followed them on tour. They went to like 14 shows in a row or so. I don't it's oh my God. I, I'm I'm not pray for me. I don't <laughs> you might not turn up at work the next day, dude. No, you, I'll be I'll be fine. I just I I just gotta I'll figure it out. Then Saturday is uh the the Travers, obviously. Sunday I got that wedding. And then and then it's 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 the final countdown, the final week. I love the final week because it's mellow, though my final week's gonna get a little bit interrupted, dude. I'm going to Kentucky Downs opening day. You know, we have a great partnership with them. We're launching this contest series. Um, they want me to come down. I want to come down. We're going to, I'm going to do a, another one of these crazy day trips from Saratoga. So it won't be the mellow last week for me. That Where do you fly into Nashville? You're going to fly into Nashville, right? Yeah, I'm just going to do Nashville, stay with friends in Nashville for a couple, sleep on a couch for a couple nights and, you know, get up there and see the hammer and, uh, and, and all the, and all the crew, you know, we know so many people there now. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun when you go to Kentucky Downs, real, real fun industry vibes at that. You, you've already tipped your hand, I think, about who your Travers horse is. Uh, I'm withholding judgment to get to see exactly who turns up in this field, but I have to say what an opportunity to have multiple triple crown winners, a two-year-old champion. I mean, this Travers to me has a, a really big buzz, maybe the biggest buzz of a Travers since 2015. Yeah, it's gonna have the you have the Curlin winner in Scotland, who's exciting moving forward. It's got the Jim Dandy winner in in Forte, also the two year old champion, also the morning line favorite for the Kentucky Derby. Yep. It's got the Kentucky Derby winner. It's got the Preakness winner, and it's got the Belmont winner. Oh, the Preakness winner is definitely coming. We've heard that's been confirmed. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it on the show. He, he worked the other day, and we showed the work on the show. I mean, I, I think he's coming. Wow, that's great. I had heard that that was maybe not going to be the case, but we will see. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I mean, I hadn't heard. I'm not, you know. Well, your news is more up to date than mine. I'm hearing from a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, that's. Oh, no, great. no, I think so. I think yeah, when's the last time that happened? Who knows? Yeah, this three year old race of the year at the moment. I mean, no doubt. Well, I think the winner, and the, the winner is probably the, the, if the winner is a couple of those, it's probably, he's the, probably, probably champion, right? If Archangelo wins, champion three year old, right? If Forte wins, champion three-year-old. This is pending Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, you know, that yeah, could throw but, a few words. But in yes. all likelihood, major favorite in the club, you know, major leader in the clubhouse for sure. Yeah, I mean, if Mage wins the Travers, it's over. I don't care who wins the Classic. That's probably right. Derby it has special magic dust when it comes to the Yeah, Travers. Derby Travers. I mean, those are the top two three-year-old races in, in, without a doubt in the calendar. So... Yeah, it would be hard. You know, you would there be a pre? I mean, this will never happen. But would there be a Preakness Pennsylvania Derby Classic case? I'd still vote for Mage. So yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. He could he could sew it up, and that would be a great story. Well, we're gonna have tons of coverage of it. J.K. We'll talk later about how involved you can be. Hopefully, a whole lot with our late week show. Really nice getting a chance to catch up with you, spout a bunch of nonsense, and uh, look back at a few horse races. We'll be talking soon. PTF, talk soon.
We're thrilled to be partnered with Qatar Racing this season. Qatar Racing is a subsidiary of Kipco, the largest sponsor in British flat racing. As a global racing and breeding operation, Qatar Racing Chairman Sheikh Fahad bin Abdullah Al Thani has created an expansive international sponsorship portfolio that includes the Breeders' Cup and events like the Pegasus World Cup Turf. Qatar Racing has over 100 horses in training, many mares and foals and yearlings, as well as top-class stallions, Kamiko, Zustar, Havana Gold, and Lightning Spear. Don't miss out on the great Qatar Racing action and learn more over at inthemoneypodcast.com slash Qatar. Very happy now to be joined on one of her busiest days of the year. That's how much she likes us by the first lady of the In The Money Players podcast. She's Kim Weir. Kim, how are things? Things are so awesome. It is a beautiful day to have a TRF barbecue at the barn at the Saratoga Winery, and I cannot wait to see all my favorite friends starting with you at 5 o'clock tonight. going to be fantastic. We've got a bunch of items in this silent auction. We've been talking about them, and I just wanted to mention, if you're listening to this right away, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the day it drops, you could still reach out and get a proxy bidder for yourself for these silent auction items that you can find over on trfinc.org. Kim, what's the best way for somebody to reach out and get a proxy bidder at this time? I'll volunteer myself to help coordinate. Yeah, no, I think you would be a great, you'd be my great liaison. But if you just want one, email me at kim at trfinc.org. That's my email address. And I'll be looking at it until about five and then I'll stop looking at it. So if you want to do this, please let me know um, because we'll make it happen. Backup plan. Go to inthemoneypodcast.com and the contact page. Hit me with an email. I'll even check it after the event begins if you ha- if you have something late. Just include your phone number and we'll reach out and make sure you can bid on, say, the Richard Migliori dinner, one of my whiskey tastings, either uh, malt whiskey or American whiskey up in Saratoga or in Brooklyn, Frank Miramati on the roof, a morning with Ramon Dominguez. There's tons of great stuff, and I just want to make sure we raise as much money as possible for the TRF on this, one of the biggest fundraising nights of the year. It is. You're so good. Thank you for shouting out about that, Pete. It's just going to be wonderful. We've got a beautiful new display for the silent auction. We have went for the big tent after last year's crazy weather, and of course, it's going to be beautiful, perfect weather, and there's just like a spotlight shining on these beautiful silent auction items. So thankful to all those who've given of their time and their treasures for the auction, and we'd love everyone to get in on the action. I feel like I've made this a personal project over the last few years, Kim, when, I mean, it always did well, but there were just some obvious things I felt like would be great to be able to, to do to pump up the money that uh, that we've been able to make and, and happy to see it really uh, realizing itself. And hopefully we're going to knock it out of the park. A lot of people listening, it's going to be, you know, Wednesday or later. They're going to have missed out on the silent auction. What can we get them excited about, though, looking forward to the continued celebration of this 40th anniversary of the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Oh, yes, because you're right. Well, tonight's a big night, but we're only midway. It's the Midsummer Derby, right, coming up on Saturday. So we're still early in the year. There are some great things coming up. Um, We'll be in Kentucky quite a bit in September and October. We have a um, cheers to 40 years at Keeneland on October 20th, which will be a very fun day. Um, We have a very special um, event happening out in California in November for those going to 
Breeders' Cup. So, you know, as always, stay tuned to you, Pete, because you are always going to be the voice of what's going on with our herd. And there are plenty of really cool opportunities to engage. And at the end of the day, I have to say the next thing that comes up for us money-making wise is the, the hay drive will be kicking off within days of today's barbecue. And that is our single largest fundraiser, second only, I guess, to the barbecue, maybe maybe bigger than the barbecue, actually, because it's raising like $160,000 for our hay budget. So that is always a good one that we might loop the ITM community into this fall. I've got one more for them. So remember I told you I found a box of unlabeled in the money whiskeys. I've now even found yes. labels for them. So Ooh. we can just continue. We've got a few more. Out of nowhere, we have a few more in the money whiskeys, a $200 donation. This is one, not you don't, it's not an auction. You can just make a $200 donation and I'll make sure to get you a bottle of this uh, in the money rye. Extremely popular. People have been looking to, uh, looking for it, looking to buy it. And this is the only way you can get it. You give a donation, trfinc.org slash players. Make sure that you want the, you mention that you want the whiskey and we'll get that sorted out for you. Hell, if you're up here in Saratoga before the end of the meet, I'll hand it to you personally, even sign the thing if you want. <laughs> Kim, really appreciate you taking time on such a busy day. And I look forward to seeing you later. Excellent. Thank you, Pete. It's going to be awesome. Adelphi Racing has had a tremendous year so far, led by stakes-winning and graded-placed Philly. Funny how, but lots of other success as well, and really poised to keep things going with several other horses set to compete in stakes this summer. The likes of Community Adjusted, Gem Mint 10, and Ziarati. Our partners are particularly excited to unveil our class of 11 two-year-olds over the coming months. This is a great time to be an Adelphi partner, and as you know, I do not just read ads for Adelphi. I'm a member and an enthusiastic one at that. This is a great racing partnership that really makes you feel like part of the club. Great ways to get in touch, AdelphiRacing.com. Also, Matt Kater, reach out to him just individually, Matt at AdelphiRacing.com. Ask him what it takes to get involved. That email again, Matt at AdelphiRacing.com. Last but not least on this show, we bring in an old pal who we haven't had on in a while, but has some exciting stuff coming up at Saratoga this weekend. We now bring you Blake from Christine A. Moore Millinery. Blake, how are things? Hey, things are great. Excited to come back to Saratoga. We were there for the Whitney. It was a blast. And uh, we're going to be back on Thursday for the Travers. So real excited. Fantastic. When will the pop-up be there? You know, people often ask me, where do you get your hats? Where do you get your hats? <laughs> yeah. The answer for 50% of them is directly from you and the Blake collection. There you Christina go. More millinery. Give us the lowdown on, uh, on where exactly, where exactly you will be and where people can find you. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll have a really big pop-up at the track on Saturday on the day of Travers and uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday morning, or Thursday and Friday, uh, we'll be at Encounter Boutique, which is right on Broadway, the upper end of Broadway. It's like 458, I believe, Broadway. Great store. They have really great clothing. Uh, the women love to shop there. Uh, they have both women's and men's hats there, but the staff is really great. So it's, yeah, those two locations for uh, Travers. Very cool. So Thursday through Saturday morning up on North Broadway. That's not bad. You know, you're up there, you're getting your coffee, you're doing yeah. whatever, just wander down to Encounter and get your hat. I mean, I feel like, would you agree, Travers, it's one of those, I know I feel this way. It's one of those occasions I want to be, I got a million hats, but I want to be busting out a new hat. Yeah, no, exactly. It's the most, I think the most dressed up event 
at Saratoga for the summer. The Whitney and, you know, all the stakes races are great. The Alabama, they're all great. But everybody really, really pretty much does it up for uh, for Travers. It's uh, it's a blast. It's the, the big one for the year, for sure. I had a fun experience. I was up in Woodbine for the for the King's Plate, the newly uh-huh. renamed King's Plate this weekend. And I was impressed slash a little surprised at what a huge fashion event that was. Have you guys yeah. ever been up there for that and done anything? We have, that's like one of the few we have not been to. We've been to like most of them. We've not been up to that one. Uh, Christine and I are excited to do that. And hopefully next year we'll be up there. I know America's Best Racing was there and we, uh, you know, she's the official milliner for America's Best Racing. So we, we were, we were, we were present and, uh, and everything was good that way. I popped up on the coverage and indeed Dan was rocking the brand. I cheated <laughs> on you. I'll admit I cheated on you only only because I had, you know, they, they have this big tie-in with England, obviously, with it being yeah. a tennis plate. And I had recently been gifted this Goodwood Panama uh-huh. hat. Oh, great. That's cool. Very good. So I, I had to support that. I had to cheat on you that day. But, uh, <laughs> but I have a feeling I have a feeling I'll be rocking the Blake collection for, for Travers. So hopefully that'll that'll make it up to you. Yeah, that's cool. And at least you're you're dressed, man. That's the great thing, you know. <laughs> Doing it As always, you always look great at all the races. Oh, you're kind. You're kind. I, I had to, I visited one of the local, um, they have a million vintage clothing stores up there. And uh-huh. in funny enough in Saratoga, I don't even have a tie. I just, I <laughs> never, I, for whatever reason, I just never wear a tie here. Mostly the heat, I suppose. Yeah, and even yeah. when I wear a suit here, I tend to go like wild shirt under the, under the suit kind of a deal. So yeah. I had to visit one of the many vintage shops and I, I found a really nice, uh, Dior number from back oh, in the great. day somehow pulled in all the colors my 10 year old fashion consultant blake she was very excited for me <laughs> i bet she was <laughs> well That's she'll great. be with me there too i'm i'm gonna have to we, we, we may have to dip in and, and buy another uh, fascinator for her because of course you know i'm talking about this from the men's point of view but obviously the blake collection amazing as it is uh, christine mostly known for the for the, the lady stuff what can yeah. you what kind of an overview can you give us on like the general fashion trends in uh, in in headwear for the men and the women uh, this time of year yeah well sure well it's hot like you said earlier so panama is always the way to go or a sewn straw which is a you know kind of a softer softer cloth but panama is the way to go i mean it's a breathable straw and uh anytime you're out in the heat you really want that you want the coverage um fedora is like the style where a lot of people will wear boaters which are very cool styles or you know those short brimmed uh fedoras the stu- i think they got me a stubby brim uh, fedoras or just a regular brim but I, I love i love wearing a fedora in the summer then once it's you know starts to get a little cooler that's when you switch over to the felt you know and you wear the, the felt fedora so yeah what? guys will be rocking that bow ties are still pretty big i think for guys uh, up there it's always great to have a jacket you know if you're out in the backyard of course you're going to be you know mostly in shorts but always rocking a hat but if you're going into the clubhouse you know that's definitely where you want to step it up you know some and uh, we'll be we'll be in the clubhouse we'll be on the second floor right right at the top of the escalator that great escalator that goes right up there so we're set up there it's a great great location that is great super central hat question for you before i let you go uh-huh. what is the difference between a pork pie hat and a short brim fedora, or are they well, synonymous? Well, Christine's going to kill me if I get this wrong, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in my mind, uh, the pork pie is kind of like I always. It reminds me of like kind of like Baltimore, like when you go down to Baltimore and you see all those like short brimmed kind of stubby hats, which are really cool styles. It's kind of like that, and the fedora is just a little more structured, I believe, a little wider. So if I'm wrong, okay. she'll, like she'll, she'll she'll let you know for sure. 
<laughs> we'll get we'll get the proper education from yeah, our exactly. friend yeah, over exactly. there. Blake, I'll be coming to see you. I encourage listeners to uh, to come and see you too up on Broadway at Encounter in the mornings, Thursday through Saturday, and up on the second floor of the clubhouse, just on top of the escalator. It's an amazing collection of stuff, men's and women's. Great gift idea too. Let me throw that one out there. Oh, great. If you're yep. looking uh, for the for the special degenerate man or woman in your life, thinking ahead to uh, thinking ahead to the holidays. Oh, one other thing: if you're not going to be here in Saratoga, Blake. What's the best place to see the wares and, and shop for, uh, for the Christine A. Moore Millinery Collections? Well, you can definitely go right to our website, which is camhats.com. And that you can buy anything that we have in any, any of our collections, past and present. And uh, you can buy it online. And it also lists right there the stores throughout the country that we sell to. I will add one quick thing. This is even a great time if you're going to Breeders' Cup since it's out of Santa Anita. It's going to be hot and warm in November. So, you know, you can... Uh, Get a hat now and save it for November. I love that idea. I may I may be taking you up on that uh, on that concept as well. Christine also does some custom work. If there's anybody out there really down the rabbit hole, is that right? I mean, is that is that yeah, absolutely available? Obviously, the, the the costs go up and the time goes up. But I I just I've been super impressed by some of the custom stuff I've seen. Yeah, actually, she does a lot of custom, and actually, it's not, it doesn't cost any more uh, if you choose a hat from our collection and you send us a, a photo of your dress or your suit. We'll just change the colors and match them to that. There's no extra charge for that. And uh, we'll actually make it to your exact head size, too. So guys that have you know trouble, they always say, my head's too big. I can't find a hat. We can make it exactly to the head size as long as you give us the, the size. So, yeah, custom work's big for us for all the big events and, other, and, other, and racing, of course, and other events as well. Blake, always a pleasure having you on. Say hi to Christine. I'll see you in a couple of days, and we'll be talking soon. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. New York Showcase Day is fast approaching as the Sunday, August 27th slate features six stake races for New York breads totaling over $1.2 million in purses. The great racing will highlight the strong New York bread program unsurpassed in purses in terms of any regional state bread program. The New York Thoroughbred Breeders is an organization dedicated to the advancement of the New York bread program across the breeding and racing industries. Part of the New York bread growth includes $181 million in total purses per year. With membership incentives, including the monthly New York Breeder Magazine, free entrance to any Naira facility, and discounts through the NTRA Advantage program, now is the time to join the NYTB. For more information, go to www.nytbreeders.org membership. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. I want to thank all of today's guests, as well as our founding partners, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, and also 10 Strike Racing, really getting looking forward to Hang out with so much of the 10 Strike crew who are going to be up here for this Travers Day weekend. That's going to be a ton of fun. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>